Welcome back to The Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. If you continue to love what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating and review. It really keeps us alive out here. Let's get in there. Today, I am in the studio with Vicki Anstey, who is joining us from London. And I may be in the Me Suite with the world's most interesting person. Vicki, welcome to the Me Suite. Let's dive right in. Thank you so much for having me. Gosh, I hope I can live up to even that <laughs> short headline. So let me give the listeners a little bit of a peek of who we're going to have a chance to sit with today. So quick rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Did you start your career more traditionally in marketing and advertising? I did, yes. Did you then later go on and run your own business in the physical fitness space for about 12 years? I did. Was that yes. business basically cut short because of COVID? Yep. Did you exit what you described as a limiting marriage at the age of 40? Yes. Are you now the CEO of the organization called We Are Intrepid? I sure am. You sure are. <laughs> okay. So those are just the resume highlights. But now I want to go into the stuff that makes me go, oh, my gosh, who is this? Maybe not just a human being, a superhuman being. Is it true that you hold the world record for unaided rowing across the Pacific Ocean? It is true, yes, for uh, a team of three women to row across the mid-Pacific. Oh, my gosh. And then is it also true that you were a finalist in this uh, reality competition that was run by the Special Air Services of the British Army called SAS? That is correct. Now, let me tell listeners who are largely in the United States what this thing is. This is the equivalent of the U.S. Army Delta Force. So that's our equivalent of what you did with SAS with the British Army. Right. And you, I want you to talk about what you did there because I, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yes. Yeah, so that's, well, it's a TV program here in the UK, and I think there are versions of it in other countries yeah. now. And I participated in it the very first year that they allowed women to take part. So there were three wow. series okay. prior to me doing it that okay. were men only. But I heard that they were allowing women to uh, to apply to participate. And, you know, one thing leads to another. And there I was in Chile in the Andes oh. for 11 days. Um, and it's a process of elimination thing. So mm. you are tested, pushed to your absolute limits, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally. And yeah, uh, you know, some people leave on the first day, the second day, the third day, you know, as you go through it, more mm -hmm. and more people drop out. So we started as 24 recruits, male and female. And yeah, three people got through the selection. I wasn't one of them, but I did get through to the very final stages, which wow. is the resistance to interrogation. So I spent eight hours with a bag over my head, uh, being interrogated and brutalized. Um, what? And yeah. Oh my God. I, just, um, whew, I had these, I don't know what these were, that these things that just ran up my spine, just thinking about a bag over my head. This is crazy. Who are you? <laughs> this is amazing. And then you're about to do a 3,000 mile bike race across the United States. 
That's right. So next year, uh, that's my next big challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah, the race across America. So it's 3,000 miles oh. from west to east coast. And we will aim to do that in just over six days to set a new record. That's uh, our ambition. Wow. So the reason I wanted to run more in a clip pace through these highlights of your resume is because what you write and speak and coach on is almost ironically the topic of crippling self-doubt and facing fears. But if somebody looked at your resume, they would never have dreamed that these accomplishments are coming out of you embracing self-doubt, facing self-doubt. So do you mind if we focus the conversation on how did you go from crippling self-doubt to all these things that look nothing like that? Yeah, well, I'm really glad that you've brought that up, uh, Donna, because that is one of the very first things that I like to make very Mm. clear whenever I'm speaking to a new audience. And I'm guessing that your audience probably is going to be fairly fairly new or I'm going to be fairly unknown to them. And yeah, yeah, I'm not... uh, a born athlete or any kind of lifelong adventurer. Um, And Mm. I grew up in a fairly conventional world with no exposure to strong female role models, particularly. Mm. And the narrative that I I lived up to was quite limiting. And and I think to some degree it did condition me for a 20-year marriage that very much kept me in my lane Mm. and in many subtle ways was um, quite stifling, quite controlling. Mm -hmm. And... In spite of that, I I pursued a very successful career in advertising and marketing, as you've already alluded to, uh, and then went on to become a pioneer of all things in the fitness industry, having managed to avoid movement for most of my life to that point. Wow! (laughs) Um, But it really wasn't until I left my marriage that I finally started to explore my true potential uh, and the experience that we just discussed with the SAS Who Dares Wins TV program came wow. only a matter of months after I'd left that marriage. Wow. And it's a funny thing how, and I know that there are many other people out here who would say this about themselves, how you can both be, you know, seemingly to the outside world, successful and driven and ambitious mm-hmm. and independent. And at the same time, be consumed by self-doubt, which I was because of you know, a lot of the the narrative that was surrounding me at that time. Wow. You had this phrase that really intrigued me. It's that you help people tap into the secret 60% that we have in all of us. Can you share more about what you mean about the secret 60%? Yeah. So, so that's actually a, it's a Navy SEALs principle. Okay. uh, Called the 40% rule that says when you think you've reached your limits, you still have 60% left. Okay. And it's such an empowering thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I speak about, I mean, lots of lots of different themes kind of come up in my keynotes really, but mm-hmm. yeah, tapping into that secret 60%. And, and, you know, I know that I'm considering myself to be lucky enough to have mm-hmm. personal experience of that, to know that it is true. You know, when, when you, you mentioned earlier that I'd done the Pacific row, that was 60 days on mm-hmm. an ocean uh, unaided. Mm-hmm. I had extreme seasickness for 23 of those days which is debilitating and you know i i couldn't take in any food it just came straight back up again so for 23 days i rode for 16 hours a day 12 to 16 hours a day on pretty much nothing wow and that is is kind of testament really to what the body is capable of Mm -hmm. 
um, when your your willpower and your determination is there, yeah. is strong enough. I want to talk about we are intrepid. Uh, that this um, mm. adventure focused, you know, doubt facing business that you run. I want to talk about that in detail in a moment. It seems to me you anchor all that you do now for yourself and for others in this concept that fear is a choice. Mm. Is that fair? Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I've learned a huge amount about fear and how the brain works with fear. Yeah, and so I was curious on your take. At any given week, I must have 10, 20 inquiries about help me with my self-confidence, help me with my imposter syndrome, help me. People don't say it as self-doubt. It usually shows mm. up as um, I don't have confidence or I uh, don't want to advocate for myself because that feels weird or I have imposter syndrome. Do you mm. equate any of those more business terms with this concept of fear is a choice that you're helping people with today? Oh, for sure. I mean, for me, you know, the, the one universal fear mm -hmm. is the fear of the unknown. I think okay. that underpins every single fear mm -hmm. and is hugely life restricting. And, you know, the fear of the unknown keeps people kind of locked out of their potential, I think, mm -hmm. keeps them in lives that don't don't serve them. I know I've been there. It's a very life limiting cycle to be in. So, you know, that that fear certainly undermines your self-belief and, you know, your your sense of sort of self-empowerment. Mm -hmm. But it is a choice. And I think if you understand a little about how fear works, and I am certainly no neuroscientist, but um, you know, I've I've delved quite deeply now into mindset theory and practice and become a mindset coach and a stress and resilience coach. And obviously through my own lived experiences, I've, I've kind of had to deal with fear. And when you're in the middle of an ocean, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the night, mm. and you have to deal with completely unprecedented situations, you mm -hmm. know, there is only so much that you can train for mm -hmm. and you can't kind of simulate. You would be amazed what you're able to, to cope with. And you know, the, the truth is about fear is that our brains are extremely clever. They create all these layers around our mm. core fears to mm -hmm. kind of keep us out of, you know, confronting them and leaning into them. And we kind of learn to accommodate that in our lives. So there are a load of avoidance strategies yeah. that we start to employ. And I've also done that extensively in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and I think once I, I'm such a believer in knowledge is power. And I think once you start to understand that and how the brain works with fear, mm -hmm. then you can start to override it. You can start to outsmart it. And I don't, I'm certainly not one of those people that believes you, you can conquer fear. I think it's inherent. I think it's, it's always there. It's about managing it. Mm -hmm. But I think there are certain situations where, yeah, fear is a choice. Yeah. You mentioned climbing a mountain. I want to talk about we are mm -hmm. intrepid. So this is your business. We are intrepid helps people face fears, push limits, and take advantage of spending time in nature. And I love that your philosophy is the obstacle is the way. Yes. So yes. let's talk about that for a moment. What do you do with We Are Intrepid for both individuals and for businesses, companies? Well, um, yeah, I mean, the, the concept came out of uh, doing my keynotes, mm -hmm. um, largely for corporate audiences. Mm -hmm. And I'd have individuals come up to me afterwards, and I love just 
you know, chatting to people after yeah. I've delivered a keynote. And most of them, upon realizing that I was not this born athlete, this lifelong adventure seeker, and I think quite often people box, yeah. you know, they they hear the headlines or they read the, the bio and they think, oh, she's one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those. Therefore, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, I can't relate. And so that it's always so important that I, but I explain my background because I think it does, or I hope that it does make me so much more relatable. And so I'd have people come up to me afterwards and say, oh my God, I just, you've given me hope that maybe mm. there's something else out there for me that, you know, I'm not going to be perhaps locked into, into my current life forever, that mm. it's not a foregone conclusion or it doesn't have to be. So how could I get into something that is a bit more than an off-the-shelf marathon or triathlon, but there isn't a three-year project to row an ocean, um, <laughs> you know. So I can dip my toe in the water of adventure, but not have to leave mm-hmm. my day job. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just know, again, from my own personal experience, however sort of randomly that came about for me, you have to be put under pressure to see mm. really how far you can go. You need to be in an immersive environment okay. to put those mindset skills to the test. It's sort of to get into your mentality and into your mental and emotional resilience. Mm-hmm. You know, you think back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. and the very basic fundamental things before you can get mm-hmm. to your self-actualization and your purpose and why you're here mm-hmm. on, the, in, on this planet the very basic things of, of, you know, food and water and shelter and right. safety and um, health and, and actually reminding ourselves of those things. Yeah. Our reliance on those things is so vital, I think. What are some examples of these venture locations? Uh, so the Scottish Highlands is one. Okay. Uh, Norway. Okay. Jordan. So, okay. We, you know, we go from very cold environments and then, you know, to some very hot in- environments. I've I've literally two days ago come back from Morocco where I've mm-hmm. uh, done a recce trip for um, a, a trip that I'm doing in December wow. to climb the highest point in North Africa, which is Mount Tubkal. So the high at- Atlas Mountains okay. which are beautiful. Amazing. And lush and green and not Ooh. what you'd expect. So I want to go back to something that you said a moment ago uh, when you talked about having this moment that you had been living in a more traditional environment, uh, maybe in a limiting environment. Mm-hmm. How did it happen for you to decide that I am going to make a change, face a fear, not be crippled by self-doubt? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so fascinating, really, because... I didn't have some big epiphany moment. Okay. I I think I was I, I was in the approach to my 40th birthday, and I think that is a mm. period of your life that you know you start to get a bit self reflective. And I think for me, the truth is that it was this thing that had just been bubbling under the surface for mm. so long. And you know, I had actually put in place. I can now say with hindsight some really vital foundations to be able to make that move. Mm. You know, I'd started really working on my physical strength and fitness. And as a consequence of that, I think I became mentally and emotionally more Uh resilient. So there was a huge knock-on effect. Yeah. And yeah, I just empowered enough to start really questioning how I was living and the narrative that I had uh, lived up to, I mm. guess, for so many years. 
So, yeah, so I think it was a process over time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just some some sort of light bulb moment. Mm. But once I made that call, yeah. there was no going back. Mm-hmm. I was on that path. So, you know, I normally start with core values in the suite. And I deliberately didn't today because I thought if we and the listeners had a chance to hear your story, we might be thinking on our own about, hmm, I wonder what core values Vicky is going to say are on her list. I want to test mm-hmm. myself and see how, <laughs> see how I did thinking about what must be your core values now that we've learned a little bit more about your journey. Can you yeah. give us uh, the answers to the test and see how we did? Sure. Is this like core value bingo? Oh, yes. Perfect. Hey, maybe I'll bring that into season six, core value bingo. Core value bingo. Yeah. So, um, I mean, my purpose Mm -hmm. is is essentially to be the person I needed when I was growing up. That's what drives me. And that's what I try to use as the lens for everything that I do and the decisions that I make. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I've recently been asked to become the UK ambassador for an amazing charity called Inspiring Girls, which is just so close to my heart. So um, that's, that's kind of my North star Mm -hmm. really. But the, the values, I guess, that underpin that are integrity. Okay. Self-reliance. Okay. We touched on that. Uh Uh-huh uh empathy yes okay grit and determination okay <laughs> an agency agency Ooh, i love that word too this is a great <laughs> list okay i don't think i did perfect on bingo oh i love your list but what i did, did you get i love your list <laughs> well of course, and i need to love your list it's your list it's all about your list not my list but i didn't make an a i had adventure and empowerment Okay. I had vitality, something around oh, this health. I like and, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not have empathy or grit, although some of these, like the empowerment and the agency grit area probably kind of go together. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give myself a C. Oh, I think I think you're um you're doing yourself a, a disservice there. <laughs> but but I, I lo- like some of your I like okay. some of your values for me. I might take those on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Vicky, most uh, interesting person in the world, have you had a chance to give some thought to the Me Sweet Sweetener? Yes, I have actually. I think it's such a great question, and I think it's about determined practice. So I created this acronym Mm -hmm. from the word ready. Okay. And, you know, because very often we don't know what we're necessarily aiming for in life. Mm -hmm. You know, 10 years ago, I would never have put myself where I am now. And how can we pursue something if we don't know it exists? Mm -hmm. How can we aim for something big if it's currently completely beyond our realm of comprehension? And I don't really believe in luck or chance. Okay. But I do believe in, you know, general preparedness and determined practice. And okay. I think that that's how you line yourself up to take advantage of the incredible opportunities that life mm. throws at us all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't 
I didn't plan to exit my marriage um, until the day that I finally found it untenable. I definitely didn't grow up thinking mm. one day I want to row across the Pacific or I want <laughs> to cycle across the United States of America and, and you know, put, put the stepping stones in place to achieve those things. That's just not how it, how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this the, the acronym that I use mm-hmm. um, quite often in my workshop facilitation is READY and the R stands for Resolve to Take the First Step. Okay. And remember, remember that it's never too late. Okay. And the E stands for embrace fear because it's always opportunity in disguise. Mm-hmm. And the A is about asking difficult questions of ourselves and each other. Yeah. D is about discipline being greater than talent. So immerse yourself in the process and master the mundane things in life. Mm-hmm. And then Y is that you can do more than you think or that you think you're capable of that's the secret 60 percent that we oh, all have yeah. in us yeah so i guess being ready and i think this is something that you know we can all put into practice to some extent in our lives from tomorrow from now is about trusting that there's opportunity out there and kind mm-hmm. of starting to put into place some some practices, some strategies in our life that we may not know exactly where we're headed Mm -hmm. and that's okay, but it's trusting that there's opportunity out there and we deserve it. I love it. My last question, you said earlier that you never could have dreamed and never could have aimed for something that you couldn't see, that you, you didn't know it existed, that it wasn't something that you could see long, long ago, but didn't you see as a young person a dream to be on the Me Sweet podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see that? It way- was the driving force <laughs> in my life, Donna. Was it that um, it? At, of course. <laughs> of course I saw that. <laughs> I knew it was back in there somewhere. Had to be. Had to be. Well, you are you are a gift, a true gift to us uh, to share your vulnerabilities. And to share, as you so humbly mentioned, you're not a superhuman. You've just been very determined. You've embraced preparedness and have found a way to be very, very deliberate and self-reflective. And I think that's very inspiring for a lot of people. So thank you so much for sharing yourself and your experiences in the Me Suite. This is Vicki Anstey, everybody. Thank you so much, Donna. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege to be here and to talk to you. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. For more information about our executive and career coaching services, check out the links in the show notes. And remember, your reviews really make a difference.